Good evening. Welcome to Black Republican, Black Democrat. I'm your co-host and homeboy, Jamar Nelson. And my co-host, Coach Mac McKenzie, will be here in a few seconds. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm enjoying this eh, gloomy Saturday afternoon. Today is August the 3rd. Today the 3rd. The 4th. Oh, goodness gracious. I'm, I'm telling you. You know, when you're a parent, you lose track of days. Your children worry you. Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I can't believe that Patwin is gone. But he is. You know, you would hear that voice. And I'm Patwin Lawrence. That's normally what you would hear. But since he's not here, you go. the show must go on. Uh, I hope you guys are enjoying today. We have a nice show. It's uh, Black History Month. And so, we're, yeah. So we're going to celebrate Black History Month. We're bringing in uh, black, <laughs> black, black candidates that are running today. Uh, you know how we do on this show. You know, we love our people. And so we're going to do some supporting. Ladies and gentlemen, 651-989-5855. Six five one nine eight nine five eight five five is that call in number. Call us, call us, call us. Uh, plenty to talk about today, and I feel like I can't wait till my co-host gets in because I, I, you know what? I, I don't know how pe- people have one man shows because I couldn't sit for two or three hours and just listen to myself. I, I I love the fact that y'all call, but just to sit and listen to myself for three hours, I would drive myself crazy. And I love me some meat, but to talk to Myself for that long, oh Lord, and I oh Lord. So okay, so ladies and gentlemen, uh, again the six five one nine eight nine five eight five five is that calling number for all you guys supporting Donald Trump. I think one of the most ignorant. Well, he says a lot of ignorant things, but to me, over the weekend, one of the most ignorant things that he said just last night was uh, criticizing LeBron James. Uh, LeBron James, for those who don't know, uh, had a school built from the ground up with his own money, no federal money, no help whatsoever, had a school built in his hometown of Akron, uh, elementary school, K through 8. And not only did he have the school built, but every kid, when they graduate from the school, uh, will have uh, 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 a school, a, a full scholarship, uh, at uh, and I, I'm sorry, I can't think of the high school, the um, the college that he partnered with. Donald Trump came on his Twitter last night and said that Don Lemon was one of the dumbest people that he had ever seen, but that he made uh, LeBron James look smart. I like Mike. Why aren't you putting your money where your mouth is, Donald? How many schools have you built with your multi, multi billions? And you like to brag on how rich you are. However, as rich as you are, you have not brought in uh, the revenues that you thought for uh, black folks. You know what I'm saying? And to criticize somebody else uh, that is doing for the community, to me, speaks volumes of who you are. And I can't believe that his supporters would not criticize him for criticizing a man that decides to help somebody. Right, Coach? Just, you got me? Yeah, I I guess so. I'm just walking in and trying to get caught up. (laughs) We're talking about Trump and, 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 and him criticizing LeBron for creating the school that he did uh, in his hometown and how he came on his Twitter and called him dumb and called uh, CNN's Don Lemon dumb, too. Well, I mean, unfortunate, you know, we have uh, folks that uh, 
tend to just think that we're not capable of, of doing great things and find reasons to uh, be critical. Um, but, I mean, certainly, I mean, hats off. And, and I'll just say in terms of LeBron, I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, one of the things, if this country is ever going to move in the right direction, I mean, first of all, we got to get past all this division. That's for sure. Um, and secondly, you know, uh, he really should be applauding uh, LeBron, especially um, when you look uh, at the educational system and what's going on with kids of color and when somebody who's taking uh, his certainly hard-earned money yep. uh, and make that type of investment. And, again, I mean, you're not talking about any school. I mean, you you look at that school, I mean, that I promised school, I and mean, he did not spare uh, no. any no. expenses. And no. so, you know, I always say our – our kids deserve great facilities, uh, and I think uh, LeBron James set the bar. He set the bar high, and again, you're absolutely right, Coach, for uh, Donald Trump to criticize that. I, I mean, I don't care what color you are. Athletes, they should do this, but they don't have to do this. This is money, like you just said, Coach, that they earn. And so to put your money where your mouth is, to uh, to fully fund the school and build a school and then offer a scholarship, partner with a, a college that offers scholarships for these students is incredible. And so if, if, if Trump calls himself, uh, what did he call him, uh, a, a black savior, then how you not applaud this man for uh, what he did is amazing. Now, let, let's give a little credit to Jalen Rose. The way I understand it, too, Jalen Rose uh, has a, I think it's a Rose Academy or something yeah, like I that. Yeah, I mean, so Jalen Rose has a, a, a charter school charter in school. Uh, Detroit. And one of the schools that people don't talk about, I mean, uh, actually, David Robinson has been in, uh, had a charter school in San Antonio okay. for quite some time. See, I mean, I for, I for, over 10, for over 10 years. Wow. So so there's been athletes who've, who've made that investment. Man, I, again, I mean, LeBron is you know, as they call him, the king. And so when <laughs> right. the king uh, does something. But, you know, this is the – I mean, and, and again, I walked in a little late, Jamar, but isn't this the same candidate that talked about, you know, this is the reason that you need to vote for me yeah. because of uh, what's going on That's in right. the African-American community and nobody right. has done anything. And so now when somebody does something, uh, we, uh, I guess, become critical and, you know, and, instead of uh, – applauding the the accomplishment it's 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 amazing coach 651-989-5855 651-989-5855 it, it it is crazy coach again and you don't hear any of his supporters saying that what he said and did is wrong in fact if you go back and look at the tweet he had 109,000 people like the tweet how does 109,000 people like that type of derogatory statements continuously. I mean, this is the dude that not only criticizes LeBron, but what, don't you find it amazing? First of all, he loves to criticize us. Let's just keep it real. He loves criticizing us. But I find it quite amazing that you don't criticize Putin, but you'll criticize this black man. Putin is punking you. <laughs> you don't say nothing about him. You, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite funny that you... When, when, when President Obama was president, and we, and we got three minutes here, when President Obama was president, how when he went across the country uh, uh, on his little welcoming tour, they called it an apology tour. They called him weak and veckless. Now, we know that, that, that Putin interfered in our elections. 17 agencies said so. In fact, a lot of the heads that, that Trump hired. Yet, you stand next to the man and you say nothing. I say you got punked. 
I say you got punked. I mean, Coach, I know. I See, I, I have to be. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach McKenzie is my uh, co-host. And so, Coach, uh, Coach is, uh, there are things that I say that Coach <laughs> won't say, okay? So, I'm going to be the one that, has, y'all know who I am. So, I'm going to be the one with the bad and potty mouth today. But I'm going to try to be nice because the Coach, I have mad respect for Coach and what he does uh, uh, for North High as, as, a, as a coach. And so, when we come back, we're going to talk about that with both our guests. We have uh, uh, Sharon Elamine, who's running for school board, Minneapolis School board at large and uh, Lacey Johnson who's running for the Minnesota House of Representative and 59B against uh, uh, Ray Dean he's an endorsed candidate too so and, and ladies and gentlemen he's black so you know he had to have him on okay and a Republican and a Republican so really today's show black Republican black Democrat has the black Democrat I mean the black Republican on the show today anyway you know Pat's gone Lacey uh, uh, fill in for him uh, coach I appreciate you coming in man this is a an, an honor I've been trying to get you on forever but you're so busy thanks for pissing at me <laughs> well I appreciate it and I and I have to tell our audience before we go into the next segment that I have a, a, a bias I mean Lacey's a long-term friend of mine and I'm a big supporting of, of Sharon Elamine so um, I won't be one-sided that's right. Uh, no, in this conversation. We, this is Keep It Real Radio, and that's what we do. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got more on the other side of the break. This is Black Republican, Black Democrat on your Twin Cities News Talk and on your iHeartRadio. Oh, watch out now. I feel like breaking up somebody's home. <laughs> well, Lacey. You don't rec- do you recognize this number? No, but it sounds like one of those down uh, home kind of a juke joint kind of so blues song. I decided to pick these cuts because I knew you and Coach was coming. So you mean, to tell- Coach, do you recognize this number? Yeah. Oh my goodness gracious! Uh, Sharon, how about you? No. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and Peebles. Yeah. That's, that's what I thought it was. Oh, and, yeah, and Peebles. Yeah. Oh, watch out now. Welcome back to Black Republican, Black Democrat. I'm Jamar Nelson. And on my co-host today, I'm lucky to have is Coach Larry McKenzie. How are you, Coach? I'm wonderful. Good, man. Good to have you. Like we said, ladies and gentlemen, during the break, we have uh, uh, two exciting guests here uh, that are running in this year's uh, election uh, season. And the primary is coming up on the 14th. So we have Lacey Johnson, who is running for uh, uh, Minnesota State Rep. And 59B against uh, Ray Dean. And Lisa Delgado. Lisa Delgado. And is, is that, who else is They're there? both uh, DFL. So it's a three, uh, yeah, on the DFL side, Lisa Delgado, Ray Dean. And then Lacey is uh, the endorsed candidate on the Republican side. Absolutely. And then running for school board at large is Miss Sharon Elamine. And I guess you guys have heard that name. They are very active in the community. And, and uh, uh, also uh, Khalid, that uh, Khalid, uh, Listen, I, black folks, I know that's not the proper way of saying his name, but, you know, uh, Lid, as my as we would call him, uh, uh, played at North and won championship at North. And so uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Good to have yeah. both of you Thank guys. You. Thank you. So, Lacey, let me start with you. Okay. I love having black Republicans on. I, I love it, okay? Welcome to the Lions Den. This is not a lion's deal. Okay. We're we, we going to see who the prey is. <laughs> let's, let's hold off our judgment until the end of this. Okay. I, 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 that's, that's true. That's real. So... <laughs> Uh, as a black Republican, what I like, what I often wonder is why? Why did you choose to be a Republican? Well, there's several reasons. Uh, first, well, first of all, and I'll use the real life. Sharon and I serve on the North High School Site Council together, so really, it's not to me about Republicans or Democrats. It's about having common goals 
and working together and common go- to reach common goals. And so let's start off with that point first. But to answer your question more specifically, there's strategic reasons. Uh, first of all, we should have people at each table. Every political party, we should have someone there representing our community and our causes and the things we're fighting for. So from a strategic standpoint. Uh, secondly, the GOP philosophy of individual responsibility, individual accountability, depending on free enterprise and businesses as uh, the main solution to what we're doing, the stressing of the family and things like that, and some of the uh, more ethical kind of uh, issues, I think that's more common to my way of looking at things. I don't think the solution to most of our issues is a government-based solution. I don't think it's a non-profit-based solution. I think it's getting out there, competing in business, showing that we are bad not only just in sports and entertainment, but we're bad in, in technology, we're bad in engineering, whatever the the, 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 the field is. And so that's the other reason. And then uh, another thing is that uh, I'm looking for a greater return on our investment. Mm. And we look at our votes as investments. Mm-hmm. We're not getting the return on our investment that we should by just going strictly Democrat, by being a sole source type of voter. But why should we, what, is, what, is, what do we get in, in, uh, in return for voting for Republicans? Well, what have they like, done for us? Well, it's like, like they say, you get what you negotiate. And as long as we're not negotiating, I'm saying I'm, I'm going to be at the table negotiating for us. Right. And, and I'm saying once you look at what I'm negotiating for, you're going to see results. And the reason we aren't getting anything now from them because we are, we don't engage them. We don't negotiate with them. We turn our backs on them. We get emotional about what they say and do rather than keeping our eyes focused on our goals and objectives like King did when he sp- uh, talked to uh, uh, Linda Bain Johnson. We know President Johnson used the N-word and everything yeah, else. For sure. That did not stop King from negotiating with them. So we got to the point now where from a strategic standpoint, we're just being unsophisticated, for lack of a better word. So I want to jump in real quick because I I don't want to change our focus in terms of being local, but I do want to get Lacey's perspective. Big meeting last week with a number, uh, of course, the the president uh, and a a number of pastors from around the country. I I want your thoughts on that because you're talking about being at the table. And obviously, uh, and this is just my personal opinion, uh, it looked like more of a uh, photo op than an actual an opportunity to negotiate it. So I just want to get your thoughts on that that meeting that took place. Well, whenever you're dealing with us or dealing with Trump, I think that I always say wait to the end game. Uh, I think there's some end game going there. Let's see if, if he doesn't do anything for him, then I'll be the first to say it was, it's a photo op. The second thing about it is that, once again, pastors tend to have a spiritual view of things. Mm-hmm. And if you've got a worldly view of things, you don't want to talk to anybody that say they don't like you. But if you got a spiritual view of things and you think that God can work in anybody's heart, even Trump, you're not going to disengage from it. So you're going to go there and, and ask him for what you want. And, and, and really, I try to have a spiritual view of things. And I can honestly say there have been cases where I've talked to people, people guaranteed me they weren't going to do what I asked. And in every case, they did what I asked. Because I'm from a, a, a faith that says, ask and it shall be given. Absolutely. And, that, and that's the way pastors look at things. They don't look at things from a human kind of perspective that you're coming at it from. I ain't done with you yet. Okay, I know you ain't. I ain't, I ain't done, done with you I, I ain't done with you Miss <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Lamine, why are you running uh, for school board at large? What makes you run? Well, again, um, kind of like Lacey said here, like you said, him and I have worked together in multiple um, situations, actually, and I actually didn't know he was Republican until he just recently here when I learned about it. But really? it was the commonalities that brought us together, wanting those things for our school, for our children. But I guess I'm running for um, 
Minneapolis Public Schools for several different reasons. One, as a parent, I want to get our parents back actively involved. We know that parents hold the power. Parents hold the power, and we have to start commanding what we want in our schools. That's right. We know as African-American people, we have been traumatized. We yes. have been traumatized yes. in our community, in our homes. The institutions have failed us. We don't have that trust. We don't have that respect anymore, and I think we're going to have to come together as a parent to command these things and to establish that trust within our Minneapolis public schools again. Well, a lot of the Republicans like to blame when they, when they, when they talk about the system, and you talk about that, we always say that the system has failed because it has. Mm -hmm. But yep. um, a lot of Republicans will say that it's not the system. They talk about how much money is paid per pupil. Um, so is it the system that's failing us, or are we failing ourselves as a community? Uh, what, what makes the system fail us? It's How the, is it failing us? I, I would say it's the system that's failing us because the system continuously hides the opportunities that are available for us as a parent, as a family. So, again, we have to be at that table, know what's there, know what we have access to, to educate our parents. Our parents have to be educated. We need to bring our parents together. They need to learn how to speak up for their child. They need to learn how to be an advocate for their own child. Yep. That's something that we have to teach in our schools. Right. And as a parent, I know that and I want to. And what better person than for us to be that advocate, to be that one who's doing the training, who's talking from experience. Nobody can tell our story but us. That's right. Yeah. So, Sharon, I want to jump in, and I've already told the audience that I have uh, somewhat of a conflict of interest and a bias. But, you know, a lot of folks may think that you're new to this, right? So I'll help our audience become more familiar with you. Talk about your work. I mean, I know that, you know, this is not something that you just jumped into, but I, I want you to share with our our audience the long history of the work that you've done in the community and the, in numerous areas so as a businesswoman as a uh, youth advocate uh, talk about that a little bit sure sure again like you said um, I actually have owned a restaurant in North Minneapolis the heart of North Minneapolis um, Elamine's Fish House ah. we were there for 15 years yes oh look good fish too yeah Established many uh, relationships. My goal, even when I was at the restaurant, and my goal still is to work with our people in our community. So I established different programs within yes, my restaurant, yep, working with men that were coming from out of the institutional system. Again, trying to provide opportunity for our men, our women, to get back to work. So I worked with Emerge. I worked with several different um, offices to one, to be of asset in our community, because it, it takes the community to work together in order to have that strong support that we're trying to build. Um, from my mosque, as a Muslim, I'm there. I'm very actively involved. The parent engagement, when it comes to getting our parents together, the social activities that we do, I service the hot meals that we do twice a month. I cook all the food. I make sure families are together, and I make sure that our needs are being met. I, I try to offer an opportunity for families to not have to ask, for us to recognize those needs and make it uh, accommodating to a family. Absolutely. To be able to create those different um, things that are needed in our community. So you're right. I do bring a wealth of experience, and I've heard that, too, that, well, the first question is what educational background do you have? Well, as a mother, we're the first teacher in our home. That's Amen. Real. That's and, real. and as a mother, as a woman, it's your, we are the nurturers. That's right. We are the nurturers. So if you take a look at our society behind every 
good man or or whatever is standing is the woman that's operating and making those things happen. Oh, absolutely. Mama, run, run, mama runs the village, no doubt about that. I, I want to ask both candidates because I think not only uh, this election impact, but around education and as someone who's also an education advocate, talk about what do you see, I mean, from a state point of view, uh, Lacey, as a representative around education, I mean, the what would be some of the key priorities priorities for you uh, and Sharon uh, locally as well? Well, a couple of things. And as you know, I helped start up a charter school and as a part of that process, I travel all over the country, talk to all the experts. So, but uh, first and foremost, uh, I think people are up to date on all the studies on class sizes and discipline things. What, what I look for is attitude. And I base that on my experience in the public school system in Natchez, Mississippi, which I think was the greatest public school system you could imagine. And I look at some of the features there. And probably the most important thing, they treated each child in that school as if that child was their own child. Mm -hmm. And we don't have that, y'all. I sit around and yep. listen to a lot yep. of educators talking. That's why I don't have much confidence in educators solving the achievement gap. And, by the way, it's not coincidental, I don't think, that it's mostly liberal educators in charge of our school system mm -hmm. and they they have a low expectation of us see when i when i went in to recruit kids from the inner city i expected for them to learn just as much as the kids out in yz i didn't it didn't That's matter right. to me the resources none of that mattered. i had confidence and faith in them and i had a high level of expectation you're right but now you know when you start that you're starting something now you know I, i'm the democrat i'm the democrat on the show I so, you, so you start I'm you didn't to, came on my show to start a fight. I'm, I, I came on your, your hey. show to straighten you out. Oh, well, oh. I came on your, your show to straighten you out. Oh, well, you you come to the right show. Yeah, Ladies and gentlemen, we got plenty more, plenty more <laughs> on the other side of Blake. This is Black Republican, Black Democrat on Twin Cities News Circle and your iHeartRadio. Welcome back, Black Republican, Black Democrat. I'm telling you, I got the coolest producer in town. Oh, see, I, everybody on Facebook, uh, Facebook Live, they can't hear this. But my man found I could, it. I think I could dance like this guy. Oh, oh. He's just kind of doing the sway, you, you know? <laughs> well, you With know. big baggy jumpsuit pants. Work on it while, you know. What's for next Saturday after the show working on it? All right, I'll get you. Good. I, I got you. I got you. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Jamar Nelson, and that was Coach McKenzie. Hey, Coach, you're 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 at home. When I introduce myself, you go ahead. Feel free to introduce yourself. I'm Jamar Nelson, and I'm Coach McKenzie. There you go. <laughs> well, Larry McKenzie, better known as Coach McKenzie. Coach Mac, ladies and gentlemen, the Coach Mac. Yes, indeed. Uh, we had a question uh, before the break, uh, Coach. What was your question? Well, well, my question. I wanted Sharon to speak to her. What priorities? I mean, as she look at the landscape of education, what are those things at the top of your list that you wish to fix? And Lacey spoke to it from a state level. I want you to speak to it from a local level. Well, I mean, again, from Minneapolis Public School and as a parent, um, we need more community engagement. We need the community engagement to be able to bring in those people from outside of our Minneapolis Public School District to come in and teach our children some trades, to teach our children some of the IT, some of the hands-on skills or the life skills, as I like to refer to it as, so that when they uh, complete high school, they're ready to enter into society. All of our students will not go off to college. We know that. So we need to be giving them options. We need to be preparing them for 
another side of life, another way to be able to introduce um, those fields of being that truck driver or that IT or that uh, mechanic or that plumber. Those different things need to be brought back into our school by ways of engaging with our community. So two things I, 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 wanted to, I want you to talk more because I'm a big supporter to uh, the vocational. But one of the things that I think you that I find interesting that you mentioned at the beginning is about parent engagement. <laughs> and, you know, as someone who's, who's working in this education stuff as well, one of the challenges that I often see is there's so many folks out there that don't believe that parents of color are capable of making decisions about their kids. Right. Speak to that. Right. And and I, I mean, to some point I have to agree. But again, that's where that parent training, that's where that advocacy is going to come in at. We need to make sure that our parents are being trained. So my goal, what I try to do at North High School, is building our parent engagement. We're going to create a safe place for our parents to come in to talk. We're going to train them, coach them on how to, when it's conference time, what questions to ask, how to contact that teacher when there's a problem in your classroom. We have to be trained on it. I mean, we we have to recognize when we fall short. And we see it. I see it engaging with our parents. It's not that our parents don't care. That's right. You know, we, we hear that a lot of times that we we parents don't care. They they're not showing up. But it's not that they're they don't care. They don't know how. That's right. They don't know how to be an Someone. advocate. Someone needs to uh, hold their hand, if you will. So we need to make that training. Um, we need to have more attachments with our parents from a district level, from the school level. A lot of times, our parents are being pushed out the door. No doubt. They're being pushed out the door. So I got a, a few questions for before I get back to Lacey, because me and you, and plus we got a post show, so I got plenty of time to get to you, Lacey. Okay. Uh, a couple of questions real quick, uh, Sharon. Uh, did you attend public school? I did. Chicago uh, public schools. Chicago public schools. Chicago public schools. Um, does your kids attend public schools now? They do. They do. What's they do. My son is uh, a, going into his senior year okay. at North High School. Okay, word, word. North word. High School. Uh, so one thing that I... I fell in love with your candidacy about is um that's not talked about enough um i just put came up with a little kooky word for it's like parent parents okay you know um i think what we're saying is there's not enough of us involved in our kids education for whatever reasons right so if you have do you think would you be for a system that does that designs where parents come in are in acting as paraprofessionals there. I mean, obviously, they have to be trained, too. But on a daily basis, being very active with their kids and other kids. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, to me, I, I used to believe that Jamar only had to be taught by a black person, by a black teacher. Which I still believe that even white kids need to be taught by a black teacher at one point in their life. But that's not how, Then that that devalues that child's education if we think that our kids can only be taught by us. That's right. So I think we need to be in the building that that's um, uh, more just as important. So would you be for having a parent, paraprofessional, um, maybe not having that education level as a paraprofessional, but they're advocating for the kids and working with kids uh, on a regular basis? Absolutely. I mean, it's needed. It's a huge need in our schools. Our, our students need to know that a parent would be in the building at any time. That's how you build those relationships. That's how you build the relationship. That's how we get in that community involvement. So, I mean, a parent can come in and be that volunteer person at the front desk. They can be that volunteer person to be that teacher's helper 
and the classroom, but we have a lot of strong families yeah. in our communities, yes. and we're not tapping into what they can bring to the table. That's right. And we have to do that. So most definitely that is a, a key piece that's missing, and we don't, we don't need our teachers to feel threatened right. by that when we do come into the community. It's not a threat. It's all to help build our schools. That's how I was when I was in grammar school. That's how it was when I was in Chicago Public Schools. It was always a Miss Jones or Miss Smith or somebody in that classroom that could help you with your spelling words, that could pull you to the side, maybe when you wasn't understanding something so that the teacher can continue to teach the class. But it was that teacher's aid, help, or parent volunteer that was in the classroom that had nothing to do with the budget because this was a parent want to come in, wanting to be invested in their child's future and helping in the community. How do you uh, how do you feel about SROs? Do you think? Because I, I mean, I've evolved on that. I, at first, I I think that because I hear that, and I've been correct. I used to think I, I used to hear that that was being a, a SRO was a demotion for officers, and so that they didn't like it, and that's why you didn't have the the good interaction with them and, and students. But let's be real. Sometimes we got some rowdy kids, and uh, you can't be uh, rustling up teachers either. Mm -hmm. So I believe I send Jamar to school to get a good education, to be respectful to teachers. Uh, but I also don't send Jamar to be put in danger from a fight or from some right. idiot wanting to uh, shoot off guns. So I do think that there should be some type of protection in the building. I want a, a uniformed officer in that building. That's right. But I also want him or her to have a good relationship with those students, that's important, too, because I don't want the students running around being intimidated. How do you feel about SRO? I, I mean, I think you hit it on a nail, though, that SRO needs to have a relationship with our students. Yeah. Again, they are professionals that's coming in our school, but they need to be trained. Yeah. They need to be trained on how to build that relationship with our students, with our teachers, to make sure that the comfort level is there. We don't want to put a fear. We want our, our students, our children, to see our, our officers in the best position to be to understand that serve and protect piece of what they're supposed to be doing we want them to see that in action so if they are in the school there's a certain level of training that needs to be continuous amongst all parties that are before our children that's with our parents that's with our teachers that's with our administrators there needs to be continuous training in order for us to understand how to culturally understand one another and how to understand our children, our families, and to assess and know those needs before those parents even have to come to us. Absolutely. That's all about relationship building. 651-989-5855 is that calling number. You're a typical Republican always interrupting, just like Donald Trump. I mean, can I get the number out? Because you don't give us a chance to say our piece. You're on your fake media. There is a Republican in the house. You can tell. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just say something here, Chris. Yes, sir. I think on one level, and I, I'm agreeing with Sister Sharon, but I know him to go on a, a more fundamental level. Okay. And when I look at things, attitude is always important to me. Yes, sir. And the attitude that, well, when, but let me just back up. When we went to school, if you saw parents at school, that meant you were in trouble. You were in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So now, all of a sudden, we need parents to educate our kids. No, no, we need a certain type in the school. Once again, I talked about treating the children as your own. I also think you got to have an attitude, no excuses. But they teach some of these teachers are young. They come from the the uh, they're, they're just graduating. They come. They live no in suburban. But that's not an excuse. It's just reality. So he or she 
if they live in Edina and they're coming to North Minneapolis to teach, they have they, they she he or she knows nothing about our culture. How do I expect her to treat my child as her own? See, you're talking about speculation. I'm talking. That's about not speculation. That's no, 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 real. No, no, no. Bear now. me out. I'm talking about experience. I help open up a charter school. Okay. Everyone, I, I say, ninety percent, ninety-five percent of our teachers was young, college-educated white women. Okay. And they educated our kids at the end, and we went in and got the worst kids in North Minneapolis. Okay. At the end of the school year, our kids were scoring in 90, 95% of percentile compared to all children. Once again, because of our attitude. No excuse. We're going to educate them. Whether parents come out or not, we're going to educate them. Whether they give us resources or not, I always say, you, you give me a piece of chalk in a chalkboard, I'm going to educate your child. Right. But I think but I, I also... that's, that's, that's the, the attitude, and we were successful at it. It wasn't See. no speculation. You get all these people in the room, this is how you get going. I'm telling you, you know how our people do it. Ladies and gentlemen, we got more on the other side of Blake. Break. Lord have mercy. It's Jamar Nelson and we're back with Public Black. Okay, we'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to Black Republican, Black Democrat. I, I am so tongue-tied today. I'm a little tired. Welcome back. See, I'm telling you, I got... You stick around me, I'm telling you, man. You're going to be wearing an afro next. Wait till I bring in my saxophone and bust one out. <laughs> Make sure you wear your sunglasses, all right? Gotcha. <laughs> John Coltrane. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. I'm Jamar Nelson. And I'm Coach McKenzie. This is Black Republican, Black Democrat. <clears throat> and Coach is filling in for Pat, who will be gone next week as well. Thank you, Coach. And our guest today is uh, school board, uh, candidates, uh, one for a school board at large, Ms. Sharon Elamine. And for state rep for 59B is uh, Republican Lacey Johnson. And I have to say that because we're, you know, on a Republican station, so I get kudos. I think I, think I, I, think I just got $20 sent to my uh, account when I have a Republican on. So I'm going to say Republican as many times as I can. I think I get $20 each time. If it was Democrat, you'd have to apply for a government grant. Oh, <laughs> now that, uh, see, oh, you know what, I was just about to be nice to you. I think we need another break. I think no more. Break. No more nice to you. It, so, it'll take six months more than your payment get here and uh, <laughs> bureaucratic red tape attire. You're right, but of course a Republican would be in charge and just rob the whole damn thing. But look, uh, why do you listen, the, the serious uh, thing, uh, Lacey, is black folks have a hard time trusting black Republicans. We give, we give a lot of y'all the side eye. Number one, I've I've said it a lot of times. It's because not I'm not and actually I'm not saying you because you seem very righteous, um, but a lot of times black Republicans kind of forget where they come from, so they too start talking down to us, and so black folks don't want to hear from you. But the problem is Republicans don't want to have a relationship with our community. They watch a relationship just simply erode. They don't care. Uh, they simply count us as Democrats. I know plenty of black folks that ain't happy with Democrats, but what relationship do they have or will they start to have with a Republican? So your party has made it hard for you. Again, you know, for real, being black and being a Republican, black folks, we're always going to give one of us the time of day, the first look. But when you when we find that you're Republican, we start looking at you like, Negro, why? Yeah, and I get that a lot. But, you know, it's the love of my people that's making me do this, man. This is this is not easy. Running as a black Republican is not easy, but it's the love of my people. I believe have, in. Have you always been a Republican, by the way? I've always believed in uh, self accountability, uh, solving your own problems. You sound like a Republican. Have you always no, been no, a Republican? No. My mom was. I, I sound like my mom. Uh, 
You know what I'm saying? That she, that's the way she taught us. But Don't what, rely on nobody but yourself. Have you, you voted? Get it, work hard, make good decisions, and not blame the system or anybody else. It's you and God. Did you always vote Republican? No, I, I, who say I vote there all no, over? No, no, I, I, I just that's a pure question. Yeah. So, how long have you been Republican then? Well, I've never been. This is the first time I've ever joined the Republican Party okay. and ran as a Republican. Okay, okay, okay. Because of what I see out there, and because I believe in what I'm doing, okay. and I believe that we need another way of looking at things. In order to do something different, you have to think different. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying I'm I'm out here to say let's think differently about our situation okay. and go at another way. The other thing is is that. I disagree with the premise that uh, Republicans don't, don't want black people. They just don't know how to approach us. Well, then that's whose problem is that, though? Well, that's their problem. Exactly. Yeah, it, well, it is. Yeah. It, it is their problem. But so, once again— So how do you start—because, again, I've, a lot of the candidates mm-hmm. I've offered my services to, to let's go into North Minneapolis, South Minneapolis, Little Earth, and start building these relationships. But guess what? They give lip service while they're here in the studio, but afterwards I don't hear from them. So, again— why should black folks trust any Republican? Because you guys talk about how Democrats have us on the plantation. When where's your ideals to get us off the plantation? Y'all talk about government, and let's remember though, when y'all get in charge, y'all just inflate government too. Y'all government doesn't get any smaller when Republicans are in charge. Let's, well, first let's remember of all, that. I'm not a politician, so I'm not part of those y'all. Well, you will become one. Well, well and I will become one. If I don't make a difference, I'm not. I, I'm gonna get out of it. Okay. I'm, I'm here to make a visible, measurable difference in the life of our people. Word. And uh, why well, is this a word? And, word. And, and and you have to follow it up. Word. Once again. It's the end game. It's always easy to stand at the beginning and say word and person isn't alive. But let's wait and see what the results is before we make a decision as far as what a person can accomplish. And all I'm saying to people, give me a chance to make to do something different, to get different results, to create wealth, to help put the family back together, those type of things. And so it's, it's not really about trust. It's really about looking at what the person does right. and what they, what they do and giving a person a chance. You know, and, and, and once again, I defy any black person to tell me anything significant that the Democratic Party has done for us since Linda Bain Johnson. I defy. And, oh, and, 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 well, you know, I ain't oh, no please. please. You. Make, you answer that. Please. Wait a minute. It. So this is the same question. Let me, before I answer that, yeah, answer tell it. me something Republicans have done. They haven't done it much either. So I, I, I don't. Patwin says the same thing. So I ask y'all, then I don't need to answer that question. What Democrats well, well, have done? Because we that, see, that, see, like, see, let me just say this. I think black folks, too, get it twisted. I don't want a president coming along doing anything other than the basic necessities that he is hired to do. I don't look for any president, be it President Obama or anybody, to be my savior. And our community shouldn't end it. What we should remember is doing what you guys do and focus on local elections, because that's what matters first. That's what first and foremost. But I don't rely on any president to be my savior. And so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't put the onus on President Obama to save black folks. Because, but what he did do is he left you a good economy. He did, uh, and that's what you expect any president to do, is uh, uh, leave you safe. He, say, he, he kept us safe from harm. And he left us a good economy. I don't know what other things black folks wanted to do. Well, as, as an engineer, I'm into measurable results. And I look at things as like net worth. I look at things as home ownership. He created a lot of small, a lot of small, plenty of Brother, most small the businesses I, went I up under President the Obama one, the one, than any president in history. But I know the, the most. Numbers. I know the numbers. The one economic area where we improved that under the eight years of Obama is, is unemployment. Everything That's else. That's not was, true. He uh, lowered unemployment. What is the real unemployment right now for black folks? Uh, 3.9 or something. It's the lowest Oh, ever. so you really are Republican. It's no. 12.5%, Lacey. 12 point, that's the real. So y'all don't talk about real unemployment numbers no more. Y'all forget that now that Trump is president. What's the real? How many m- Americans real, are, are out of work right now? Look, we, we, the, the unemployment lo- number is low, 
But when we talk about real unemployment like y'all used to when President Obama was in office, we don't hear that from you. Don't say y'all, man. You're a Republican. We had 156,000 jobs created on Friday in the month of... Okay. All right. That's, <laughs> you, you get me on that. So I want to go back to bring it back kind of locally, Lacey. So uh, come January and you're elected, uh, what's your first 100 days look like? I think one of the first things I want to do is get some type of economic incentive for people who start businesses in North Minneapolis. Ideally, I'd like to have a period of zero tax for anybody who start up a business there. I'd like to see us get programs where we really uh, uh, function in to help existing business grow and things like that. I'd like to see some things where we're doing some things with prison reform to, to once once these a lot of our men get out of prison, they got skills and things. I'd like to see us support businesses that would hire and train these people. I would like to see us do some things to, to increase black home ownership. Word. I'd like to see some, us do some things to re reach out to the young men and things like that. So, And, and I've already started some of these conversations with Republican uh, 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 candidates in, in different offices and in different positions in Minnesota, and I Good. think they're open Good. to it. Absolutely. Yeah, Good. I think they're open to it. So Good. basically anything that goes with the with the goals of rebuilding the black family, uh, uh, rebuilding the black male, uh, economic development. And when I say economic development, I mean wealth. I don't mean asking for people for something. I don't mean no right. subsidies. I mean, and, and to me, and just to give you a couple of to me, affordable housing is if you make enough money to afford whatever house you want to buy. To me, uh, I'm not into minimum wages. I'm into helping people make maximum wages. So it's just a whole different way and attitude of looking at things and what we're doing. Uh, somewhere along the line, I think we got to talk to black males about um, respecting and marrying the women that we're having these children by. And, and raising these families and being the leaders of families. So I want to work with, and I, a lot of this I work with some of the black churches out there in faith-based programs because they tend to be uh, most effective in synagogues or whatever, or mosques. They seem to be most effective in understanding the community and working with the people in that community to really change lives. And so I think that we should be supporting things like that. And I'd even like to consider having a special office of family planning because I think the basic unit of, of any civilized society is the family. And I think we should put more focus on making families stronger and improving and staying together. You are a Republican. You just go on and on and on. <laughs> oh, my God, you are a Republican. No, that's great, though. I, I love it. I love it. Uh, Sharon, uh, why are you better than your opponents? Why are you the best candidate to, 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 for the job, for the position? Well, I, uh, I mean, I am the best because I'm coming in as a parent. I'm speaking from uh, the perspective of a mother. From as a businesswoman coming in as a community advocate. So I bring in all these different areas of experience to build within our Minneapolis public schools. I want to come in and remove that institutional betrayal that we have fallen. It's, it's what we see. We have to move that uh, by bringing our people in to bring that trust back in our Minneapolis public schools so that we can engage our parents, we can get out here, we can talk to our parents about why, why they are not choosing our Minneapolis public schools. What do they want to see? What is it that we can do to bring you and your family back to your home school? So I am that better candidate because I care. I care. I'm going, it, it doesn't, color doesn't matter to me. It's for all schools. It's not just about my son. It's about all the children that are there. Absolutely. It's about all the children. It's about all the families. I mean, we need our parent liaisons back in our school. Uh, can y'all tell us where exactly, uh, Lacey, starting with you, uh, where can uh, we find you? Where can they uh, donate and help out? Uh, your website, all that information? Yeah, the best place is www.friendsoflaceyjohnson.org. 
that's the best place to go. Uh, and uh, you'll see some places where you can sign up and, and say you're interested and volunteer and things like that. So Lacey, friends of LaceyJohnson.org, www. Now tell us what seat you're running for and who's your opponent. Uh, I'm running for Minnesota House of Representative 59B and uh, my likely opponent, I don't know whether the God. Well, that's a primary my, coming up, so that's true. Raymond Dean. That's true. I'm assuming it's Raymond that's Dean. True. But it doesn't matter. Uh, Democrat is a Democrat. To me. Oh, please. Uh, <laughs> you, Sharon? Um, for me, it would be www.sharon4schools.com. It's www.sharon4schools.com. Coach, we got a little more on the post-show podcast here after the, uh, after the show here, but I appreciate you coming in, man. What are you doing next week? Well, uh, next week I'm going to be in Orlando, Florida. Oh, see, here go Coach. So, <laughs> going to be sunbasking. Yeah. So. Oh, my God. I'm jealous. Appreciate you, Coach. But, no, uh, thank you for the invitation, man. And I'm honored to have had this opportunity. And uh, certainly uh, the, the, the presence of both of these candidates, like I said, I have a bias. I respect both of them uh, to the utmost. So. Pleasure is ours, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you next week. I'm Javar Nelson. This is Black Republican, Black Democrat.